0: What is going on guys your boy Elroy here and welcome back to the your boy Elroy MMA podcast late Friday afternoon edition. I've been doing this show for over two years and this is only the second time that I upload late on a Friday evening. Um, Let's get right into the news though no time for talk because we got fights to get into so first off with the news um, early last week. One of the premier journalists in the MMA space, Ariel Helwani, put up a video. Now, we knew that his contract was coming to an end, and he put up a video saying that next Wednesday is his last day at ESPN. That he, is, that he was offered another contract, but he decided to step away. Ariel is honestly one of the best. We know that. He has... The time in and you know he I think that he does ask the right questions even though sometimes they can be you know stirring the pot but that doesn't really bother me um too much I think he does ask the right questions and um honestly in my personal opinion I think that he's gonna leave the MMA space I think that with working at ESPN he got to taste a bit of the NBA you know covering the NBA and not that I think he's going to do it in a podcast form. I think that he might go work for a network that's already doing it. Um, we know the tumultuous career and uh, relationship that he has had with the UFC and Dana White specifically, from being kicked out to being welcomed back again to you know, every chance Dana gets, he kind of throws shade at him. But whatever Ariel's going to do... I'll probably follow it because I've followed his career since I've started, you know, watching MMA and following it. So, good luck to him. He was great. I'm going to be sad because I'm not really sure what my Monday is going to look like now without DC and Helwani, but we will see. Um, We had some awesome news coming out from Glory Kickboxing that... Alistair Overeem has signed a multi-fight deal with them, um, obviously, to compete at heavyweight. This is exciting because, you know, most of Alistair Overeem's success did come in kickboxing. He, you know, it's hard to stand with him in a kickboxing space. Obviously, there's two fights that everybody has circled, either him versus Badahari once again, or him versus Rico Verhoeven uh Badr Hari would be a great fight the Rico fight would be tough because he's so young but I love what you know Glory is huge like not here in the in the states but overseas Glory kickboxing is a huge deal and they put a lot of production value into the video of him signing I thought it was a fantastic announcement and I'm looking forward to seeing Overeem you know the only time I really turn on Glory is, you know, when Rico's fighting or Badr Hari's fighting. So I'm going to stick with it and I'm going to see what they do with Overeem. I'm I'm looking real forward to that. Um, let's see. In my notes, I have fighter pay dot dot dot. Boom. Who cares? I don't get why you guys care about fighter pay so much. They don't care about what you're getting paid. Why, why do we care? Who cares? I really don't. But uh, the Ultimate Fighter Episode 2 this week was fantastic. I think, well, there's only been two fights. One of them was a finish. This is the first time a fight went to a third round, and it was great. You saw somebody overcome adversity, and the winner, I'm not going to lie, I don't remember his name, but he beat Mitch Raposa. You know, Mitch Raposa was really putting it on him in that first round. I thought that the guy was going to get finished and then he came back was able to take him down and control Mitch for the second round and then do damage in the third and and really control him and and win that fight so it was a gritty tough performance you know there's there's no drama yet but if you're just a straight fight fan you're loving this because it was so fight focused it was great like that fight was huge and it's the quickest i think i think the show is an hour one of the fastest hours, like, goes by so quick that you don't even, like, you want more after it's done, so I end up watching, you know, the after show, I watch everything that I can of Tough that night, it's on the perfect night, too, like, I cannot beat it, but moving on, let's get into some fight announcements for this week, we had a couple Fights being made once again. We had a couple fights confirmed. So let's get into it. Carlos Condit versus Max Griffin. We have Uriah Hall versus Sean Strickland. Jared Cannonier now is going to face Kelvin Gaslam Oh, that's why I had the whole fighter pay thing because it's ridiculous that Paulo Costa is asking for more money after he just got his ass whooped. <sighs> Ryan Spann versus Anthony Smith was confirmed finally as a main event later on this year. Song Yadong versus Casey Kenny. Uh, Julia Avila versus Julie Julia Georgia Stolyarenko is rebooked once again. We have Tracy Cortez versus J.J. Aldrich. That's a really fun fight. And then another great fight in the women's division, Cynthia Calvillo versus Jessica Andrade, trying to bounce back after her loss, that's it for fight announce, oh no, we actually had a really great fight announcement from Bellator, finally we know that Patricio Pitbull versus AJ McKee is set for July 30th, that is the highlight of the week, so let's get into UFC fight night. We had a not-so-entertaining card at the UFC Apex once again. um, You know, it's, it's tough to run every week, especially it's tough to run when you're coming off of, like, or you're going, when you're coming off a week off and then you're going into a huge week after that, it's really hard to be that card in the middle. So this card struggled. Now we did have a fight of the year candidate, which is really what I want to talk about. We had Santiago Ponzanivio getting the unanimous decision victory over Miguel Baeza. Ponz is back, man. Uh, Baeza is one of the strongest Prospects at 170 pounds, um, and he was looking for his. And in that first round, he did fantastic against Santiago Ponzinibbio. Really put it on him, hurt his legs a lot. But Santiago Ponzinibbio was able to overcome adversity. um Lit Miguel Baeza up on the feet for two rounds. I don't know how Miguel was able to stand. Uh, the third round was probably a little closer than the second. I think that the second round was dominant for Santiago on the feet and in the third round, they had a really great back and forth exchange on the feet. but I think that Santiago was a little more he showed a little more sense of urgency, and I think that he pushed the pressure a lot forward on Miguel Baeza to get that unanimous decision victory. one of the fights of the year hands down thus far it was fan-freaking-tastic. If you haven't seen it, go back and just watch that fight. Uh, We had Marcin Tibura defeating Walt Harris in the first round by a ground and pound. It was a uh, you know, you feel for Walt Harris because he's such a how do you put this? Um, You want to see him win because of what what he was subjected to last year. And, you know, he's now he's lost three straight. Marcin is on a five-fight win streak. And, uh, yeah, right after that, we had Jarzinho knocking out Augusto Sakai at the last second of the very first round. And, uh, yeah, it was a fight. It was a card. I was happy to see it because I missed MMA. So, I, I cannot complain, to be honest. But we had PFL last night. That's actually why this episode is late because I was up so late last night that I passed out before I was able to record. So let's talk about it real quick. I just want to cover the main card. Starting off with Brandon Loth Lane getting a majority decision over Tyler Diamond. If I look at the UFC card, or if I look at the, I'm sorry, Ponzinibbio and Baeza fight. And then I look at the Lachnane and Diamond fight. Those fights were neck and neck. This Lachnane Diamond fight was fantastic. If you like Slugfest, if you like all heart, you have to watch this fight. It was razor thin. I do think Lachnane won, so they got that right. But damn, Tyler Diamond has a chin on him. He was able to overcome these really, really tough leg kicks and uh, get the you know, he, he did lose to Lothname, but I don't think it was a question. Like, I think it was a lot closer than a majority uh, decision because someone did score it a, uh, a draw, so that's why it was that. But I do think that Loughnane won clearly. We had Bubba Jenkins defeated, bo- defeating Bobby Moffett. We had Clay Collar split decisioning. Uh, Jolten Luderbach. That fight was really close. I actually was giving it to Luderbach. Um, Clay Collard, man, he has to, he has to figure it out. You know, he's got hands, um, but he doesn't really throw with any power because he's trying to conserve energy, and uh, he's always worried about the takedown because that's what everybody wants to do to him. So, I think that he still has a lot to work on in his game. And then the main event, the reason everybody was there, Clarissa Shields defeats Brittany Elkin in the third round by ground and pound. You know, honestly, this was best case scenario for PFL and for Clarissa Shields. She showed that she's not going to run from getting taken down. You know, she was dominated like, with relative ease in those, you know, and controlled on the ground. Like, it, it was hard, you know, you could see it in her face. She's like, what am I going to do? Um, but she, in the third round, she was able to adjust. She hit a big sprawl. If you remember the Francis and Ganu sprawl on Stipe, it was kind of that moment. Like, when she sprawled, everybody cheered like she won the fight. And she was able to finish her with some vicious ground and pound. Now, if you're just watching Clarissa Shields versus... Like, just look at her. If you didn't see an opponent, because obviously she's she's facing a woman that was 3-6 and six at the time. If you're just watching her and you see her throw a punch, if she connects with one of these big swings, somebody is going to sleep her boxing... It's very evident that her boxing is superior. It She's got quick hands, and she throws with everything. It was so great. And you know what? Clarissa Shields is 26. You would have thought she was 18 the way she talked about the victory. It was such a great moment. Go back and find her post-fight interview where she talked about To the interviewer and just was like, this is crazy. It was so much fun to watch. Congratulations to Clarissa Shields. Yes, you have a lot to work on. But it is your first fight. And the people got to cut you slack. This was a very fun performance to watch. Let's get into the fights this weekend. Really, really quickly. Um, We have a Bellator card with a lot of fun names on it. So I'm just going to go over it. The notable names real quick. Nick Newell is there this week. We have Tywan Claxon making his return against Justin Gonzalez. Kyle Crutchmore is stepping into the cage against LeVon Chokley. Then we have Aaron Pico versus Aiden Lee. We have Paul a fantastic, fantastic co-main event at 175. We have Paul Daly versus Jason Jackson. And then at 170 for the title... One of the best, si- f- one of the best fighters at 170, not signed to the UFC. Both these guys, Douglas Lima versus Yaroslav Amasov. I'm ready to watch that in a few hours. You know, Douglas Lima is my favorite fighter in Bellator now that Michael Chandler is gone, and Amasov is 25 and 0. Oh, this is going to be an incredible fight in the next few hours. If I'm you, I'm tuning in immediately then of course it's style bender week guys we have UFC 263 Adesanya versus Vittori 2 I watched that shit show last night I don't know if you did but it's ridiculous Um, I'm not gonna lie man I'm looking forward to the main event the most I love Israel Adesanya he's my favorite fighter in the UFC and I want to see how he rebounds from a loss you know I don't look at that loss as such a big thing. Like, he lost to Jan Blachowicz. The superior, you know, at that weight class clearly had him in size. You know, I think Izzy needed more time to put on some muscle, you know, kind of take, I'd hate to say this, but kind of take the John Jones approach when moving up and. I really think that he's going to live up to his name and he's going to style on this guy, man. Marvin Vittori is a pressure fighter. He has really good wrestling and he's always in your face. I'm looking for Izzy to close the gap and finish the party nice and early. We have a fantastic co-main event, Devison Figueiredo versus Brendan Moreno 2. This was my fight of the year last year for the second half of the year. We'll say it like that. Uh, fantastic, fantastic fight ended up in a draw um, Davison yesterday I don't know if I believe his you know hype as far as how how he reacted to Brendan Moreno. I just don't get it. How can you not like this guy? Brendan Moreno is one of the most likable guys in the UFC, but I love you know Brendan Moreno asking Dana, you think I'm a superstar? And Dana says, if you win this belt, you're going to be the biggest superstar in Mexico. I completely agree, man. Brendan Moreno is so much fun to watch. And hey, so is Davison Figueredo. Let's go back to their first fight. Three weeks before that, Davison gets it done nice and early. Brendan Moreno is in a war against Brendan Royville. Even though it only lasted one round, that was a war for that one round. Ending with Brendan Royvell getting finished because he dislocated his shoulder let's not forget that and Brendan Randall was able to bounce back and put it on Davison Figueiredo this is a fantastic fight I am so hyped for it you know what else I'm hyped for Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz five rounds the return of Nate Diaz you know Say what you want, Nate Diaz wants to fight real fighters. He wants to fight the best of the best, and that's why he's fighting Leon Edwards. We get to see if Leon Edwards can last against an elite, elite grappler. Good luck, man. You know, I don't like how Leon Edwards just shrugs Nate off so easily. Last time we saw that was the Pettis fight, and Pettis got his ass whooped by Nate Diaz. So, you know, I think that Leon is the better fighter at this point in the game. But listen, man, <laughs> you don't ever sleep on the Stockton product Nathan Diaz. This is going to be such a fun fight. We have Damian Maya versus the returning Bilal Mohammed, A fight that really goes under the radar. Park Paul Craig versus Jamal Hill. There's some animosity there as well. This is going to be a great fight. Then we have the featured prelim at 155 quake brad riddell versus drew dobert that is a really really fun fight brad riddell trying to crack the top 15 who else but drew dober to kind of welcome him into that competition we have eric anders versus darren stewart too um we have lauren murphy versus joanne calderwood you know possibly that person who wins that fight getting a title shot that's going to be a really fun fight i think the girls are going to go all out in that fight we have Hakim Dewadu returning at 145 against Mas Mavasov Ivalov that should be a really great fight Ivalov undefeated at 145 and Dewadu always goes in there to put on a show we have Pani Kiyadza versus Alexis Davis one of the OGs of the female Bantamweights we have Matt Frivola versus Terrence McKinney Steven Peterson versus the returning Chase Hooper we have Faraz Ziam versus Luigi Vergermini. And then opening the card, Carlos Philippe versus Jake Collier. The big boys starting off the night. Listen, if anything, I'm excited for UFC 263. You should be excited for UFC 263. This has been a jam-packed, quick episode of YBE MMA podcast. You can find me on all forms of social media. Elroy preps in one word. You can find the show on Instagram and Teespring, Y-B-E-M-M-A podcast. Check us out. Interviews coming soon. MMA fighter Josh Oxendine coming on. Uh, I went to a boxing gym the other day, so in a few weeks I should be setting up in the middle of the ring um, and interviewing the coaches from Diaz Boxing Club out in Indian Trail. North Carolina. A lot of fun things, man. Stay locked to this podcast channel. If it's your birthday, happy birthday. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we'll see you next week.